Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Heidi gang, welcome to your Saltwater Guide, the podcast. Happy Monday, everybody that's out there on the podcast land. Thanks for joining us today. And those of you watching live on Facebook and YouTube, thank you very much for joining us today. We got a really good show for you today. We're even going to touch a little bit more about fishing up in Washington. So stay tuned. This should be a really good show. And don't forget today is Opsin Floral Carbon Monday. We always talk about Opsin on Mondays and we give away a spool of line every single Monday. We give away a brand new spool of floral carbon and we give it away to one lucky person that visits the uh, Opsin floral carbon website through the QR code or if right there, there's a QR code. Or if you want to go shop at opsinusa.com, when you're in there, when you're leaving, just put in the code YSWG and you have a very, very good chance of winning the free spool of line. Today, the free spool of line goes to... My good friend, Stephen Bora. Stephen Bora, thank you very much for all your support. Thanks for always, always, always fishing with Opsin Floral Carbon. Stephen visits the site all the time. So we picked Stephen this week to win the free spool alliance. So Stephen Bora, send us a text message. I know you're watching. You watch every show. Send us a text message. Tell me what pound floral carbon you want. And send me your address, and we'll get it out to you immediately. Greg Brown, everybody over at Opsin. Gang, just so you know, Opsin fluorocarbon is my go-to fluorocarbon because of the fact that the spools are magnetically attached to each other. It's pretty spectacular that that works like that. I'm up at my granddaughter's house, and I did not bring my Opsin fluorocarbon spools up here with me. So I can't show them to you, but when you're on the website, you'll see how cool it is. And it's a clear floral carbon. That's why I love it so much. You got to have floral carbon. I've never been fishing and caught 10 tuna and thought, man, if I didn't have floral carbon on, I probably would have caught 11. Nope, that doesn't ever cross my mind. So check out Opsin USA for a phenomenal floral carbon product. You will not be disappointed. It's a family-owned business here in California. You're just supporting the Brown family. And that's a good thing. And also, it's a phenomenal product. Check out Opsin. And then when you're done shopping there through the QR code or when you're done shopping any other way at Opsin USA, just put in the code YSWG or use that QR code to go in and you're going to save on your Opsin fluorocarbon. Also, it's going to get you entered in to win the free spool of line next week. Don't you want your name to be called out? Grab that QR code right now. I'll bring it back up at the end of the show. But if you don't grab it now, you're not going to have it for the show. All right, gang. So what a crazy weekend we had. Again, the weatherman kind of missed it. It was supposed to be nice on the inside and windy on the outside. It was windy all Saturday and Sunday on the inside. So windy.com is what I use to make these predictions. And... They were predicting 
less than 10 knots on the inside between Catalina and Clemente. We knew that was not going to be fun. But we thought for sure that the weatherman would have the inside. But it didn't work out. And then some of our guys that went fishing this weekend, they put up some phenomenal reports. And uh, started out in the morning, 57-degree water in Oceanside Harbor on Friday morning. Unbelievable. When you have a big weather event like we had last week when Hurricane Hillary came up here and turned into a tropical storm by the end, it should have drugged some of that hot water up the coast. It did the exact opposite. It made the water colder. I talked about this on Let's Talk Hookup on Sunday morning. Nothing makes sense anymore. Nothing makes sense in the world and nothing makes sense out fishing. Everything's different. It doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out what's going on and, and uh, how to predict what's happening because what just happened goes against everything all of us have ever learned. When you have a big storm like that coming from a place where the water is 91 degrees, by the time it gets up into Southern California, it definitely should have historically brought warm water with it. And it did. That's the really strange thing. It did. And there's good yellowfin fishing and there's good Dorado fishing. It's just a little tiny bit below the border. It's coming up here. But the weird thing is, is what happened on the beach, how that water dumped over and turned upside down and got so flipping cold by that little bit of a south swell that we had for a day and a half from Hillary, from Hurricane Hillary, it flip-flopped the water and put the cold water on the top and the warm water on the bottom. It's going to snap back in a couple of days. It's going to be real good if we have some consistent weather and the wind stops blowing. Because what's going on down south is absolutely unbelievable. It's kind of what we've been talking about for the last two, three months, this possibility of an El Nino with the amount of yellowfin tuna that were caught yesterday. And the amount of Dorado and Yellowtail under the patties, even on this side of the border, is absolute, absolutely spectacular. And it's going to bode very, very well for us, probably all the way through Christmas. I would just about imagine with the amount of volume of fish coming up into Southern California and the water and the bluefin fishing out on the Cortez and the Tanner Bank this weekend for the big boat. They had a blast. They had really good fishing. It wasn't good for us on the smaller boats, but I'm telling you, it was. it's absolutely spectacular, the volume out there. And then another thing we need to talk about is the marlin. The marlin fishing right now, you can pretty much plan your day, come out of Newport, Dana Point Harbor, head to Catalina, and you've got a phenomenal, you got a 100% chance of seeing a marlin anyway, and you got a, a pretty good chance of catching one if you follow the plan and you you execute everything proper. There is a phenomenal amount of marlin. Air Pelakia showed pictures of marlin on their Instagram page. All that marlin is right around Catalina. You want to know exactly where it's all at? Just make sure you go to your saltwater guide. Check out my website. And uh, we always have phenomenal game plans for everybody. But uh, Dan, can't everybody... That all my regulars, I'm up here in Tahoe still with my granddaughter. So hopefully Kelly's watch. Oh, there she is. There she is. She just popped in for a second. But 
she's hanging out with Marley and the cats. And I'm up here hanging out with my grandson or my son and my daughter and my granddaughter. And, uh, it's spectacular. Thank you all for tuning into the show. It's so many, so many regulars. I thank you very, very much. And those of you that are new, we do this show every day, Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And we bring in guests throughout the show. Babysitting went very, very well, Joe. Babysitting went very, very well. She didn't go poop, poop until mama got home. Thank God. I didn't have to deal with that. I got to deal with a couple of pee-pee diapers also. It was good, though. Thank you for asking. That's why I'm answering, because he asked, not because I'm just because I'm just answering. But um, what's going on in Southern California right now with that cold water on the beach? It's kind of weird, but it's only going to help. It's going to make it really, really cool when it stuff pops back up because the water's Yeah. The, no, it doesn't affect the rockfish temp, but it popped. It's going to pop back up. It's going to get real clean again now that the swell's gone and everything. We get, we don't want any more of that wind. If we can have no more wind, that would be great. It'd make the water temperature come up really quick. But we had guys venture off outside the 209, out towards the 43, and they started out with 58, 59-degree water. And by the time they got out there, they were in 71, 72-degree water. Down below that, the water's 78, 77 down off of Ensenada. So there's a bunch of fish coming this way. Things are starting to heat up. Don't get discouraged by that little bit of water temperature drop. It has nothing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to jump right back and things are going to be phenomenal. Also, this weekend was an incredible weekend for people signing up to the website. So I want to thank all of them. And most of them are watching the podcast because that's something cool about when you sign up to the website, then a lot of people learn, hey, Dave has a podcast. Yes, I do. Every day, Monday through Friday, 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. But I'm trying to let you know that all of you that are listening that signed up for the website this weekend, congratulations. You're no longer going to suck at fishing. How cool is that going to be? And uh, all the members that are members, what you guys had, at least you had a plan going into the weekend and some of you executed the plan quite well. Some of you didn't handle the rough water that well. And I understand I, as soon as I get out there, if it's blowing, I turn around and come home. There's no reason to stay out there any longer, but, um, there was good calico bass fishing, good bonita fishing, good, good, uh, barracuda fishing over at Catalina this weekend in the areas that you could fish that the wind wasn't blowing. It was, there was a lot of fun to be had and this weekend's game plan is going to be spectacular. Another thing I want to announce to everybody, if you have not seen Reed, the fishmonger, he's got a few hundred thousand subscribers on Facebook, a few hundred thousand subscribers on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. He's, he's fastly approaching a million subscribers. He's going places. If you haven't seen his stuff, Go look on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Go look at Fish. Read the Fishmonger. He is going to be with us on Friday. I am super excited. I've had Luke McFadden and Tommy Gomes, and now we're going to have Reed. Gang, you're going to get to learn so much more about the fish and how it gets to your table and what it takes. And all those things matter because, like I talk about all the time, gang, the we all talk about foreign countries and how they, oh, they're, they're destroying the oceans and they're ruining. 
there no country in the world that has a bigger appetite for seafood than the United States of America. But the big problem with us is we don't buy our own seafood because we make it so expensive that most of us won't buy it. We'll buy the cheap seafood. And what Tommy Gums always says is, remember, good seafood isn't cheap and cheap seafood isn't good. United States catches the best seafood. That's why all of our seafood goes to China right away. China understands and knows how good the American seafood is. They know how regulated it is, how well taken care of it is, and what a superior product to any other country. But what the United States has forgotten is to support our local fishermen, to support our local fishmonger, to support when you go buy a piece of fish at your local fish monger, at your local fish market, not the grocery store, not Costco, but when you you're you're buying that piece of fish from your local fish market, you're buying a locally caught fish 90% of the time, or at least it's caught in the United States of America. And that one little piece of meat, that one purchase helps out so many families the guy that supplies the ice, the guy that has the coffee shop close to the fish market in the morning or by where the boats fish out of. All these things are absolutely essential to America. But you, us as Americans, we won't buy our own seafood. And it's, and it's a shame. So that's why I keep hitting up all these fishmongers. And Reed's going to be a great voice for everyone to hear. So I want to make sure that you do not miss the show next this coming Friday. It's going to be an hour later. It's going to be a 1.30 because of Reed's uh, schedule. But we're going to have him on the show, and it's super important. So just mark your calendar for Friday. The show will be at 1.30. But it'll be, it'll be taped, and it'll be out on all the podcast platforms after that. And it'll be on TikTok, or excuse me, YouTube and Facebook forever. So um, I just want you all to make sure that you understand and go check out Reed and see what he's all about because he has a massive, gigantic following because he makes really, really, really smart, cool videos that are really, really, really informative and very, very good for us. So here's we go. We're bringing in our good buddy Avery from up in Washington right now. He just was out fishing this weekend. And uh, he went out looking for that albacore, and he's got a great story to tell you. And gang, any of you that are watching up in Washington, remember, you can hire Avery. So we'll get into talking about that. We're going to bring him in here for a little bit. Here we go. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? I'm phenomenal, man. I'm so excited to hear about. First of all, let's look at this real, real quick. I think I got something here. Let me see. Yeah. I want one of these. Look at that. Oh, man. That was this weekend, right? That was yesterday morning. Yeah, that's a monster coho. Most coho are around seven, eight pounds. That's a 17-pound coho. Woo, beautiful. We all need to get up there and go fishing with Avery, gang. That looks so fun. Look at how flat that water is. Wow, you must be in the harbor. No, that was uh, 25 miles offshore, believe it or not. The weather out there was just phenomenal this weekend, at least the nearshore weather. Uh, Yesterday we ran out, uh, we started our day by running out 60 miles. And about the 50 mile, 55 mile mark, it started to get pretty choppy. So I pulled the plug. We were going out for the tuna again yesterday. I pulled the plug. I wasn't into the weather forecast. They're forecasting 15 knot winds. 
And it's just no fun when it's that bumpy and windy. So we turned around, went near shore, and slayed the salmon. Yeah, and how were you catching them? Uh, We were catching our salmon, uh, trolling 60 feet deep on downriggers, and we're using green Pro Troll flashers with a green hoochie with uh, a black stripe down the side of it. And that has been, time and time again, knock them dead, coho gear. And how, how fast do you troll when you're trolling those downriggers? So I, I don't watch the speed because, as, you know, you're going in the current. So you, just because your GPS speed says one thing doesn't mean that's how fast your gear is going. I run a 12-pound downrigger weight, and I'm watching for about a 30 to 45-degree angle on my downrigger line. Okay. So that's that about two and a right half zone. miles an hour. All right. See, these are things that I don't know. These are things that we need to understand, gang, as a group. We all, we have so many people watching and listening, Avery, from all over the world that have salmon in their backyard that don't understand. That trolling technique is a very, very good technique for catching them, right? It seems to work pretty, I've seen a lot of videos. It seems to work pretty good. Well, let's put it this way. I don't go out and come home empty-handed without salmon anymore. And I've got guys out there asking me, what are you doing out there? And I'm having to drive these guys' boats through the radio to help them catch salmon. And as soon as I start helping them out, they're, they're landing salmon left and right. It's all about that speed. If you're too fast, they're not going to play with it. If you're too slow, they, it looks too dead. And, gang, that's why I brought Avery into the group a month or so ago started talking to him and, Tell him about what we got going on because, like I always say, this is not Dave's saltwater guide. This is your saltwater guide. It doesn't matter where. And we're hopefully going to start bringing in guides from the East Coast here, and I'm sure it will happen. I mean, we're making enough noise all over social media that it'll happen. But I was watching what Avery was doing, and I was checking out his stuff, and I was like, hey, why don't you come in here and talk to our guys about fishing up there in Washington? And Go into it because there's a lot of people watching. Where are you at? I know you told us last week, but we have a new audience every day. So where are so, you at? What are you doing and how are we doing it? So I live up in North Washington. Uh, most of the time I'm fishing up in the Puget Sound in the Strait of Juan de Fuca, Nia Bay, and uh, CQ a lot. Um, last weekend I was fishing out at Westport. Um, we started our, and we were fishing southwest of Grays Harbor there, Westport, and uh, about 20 miles out. Um, I do a lot of bottom fishing for halibut, ling cod, uh, Pacific cod, rockfish, and then, of course, salmon when it's salmon season, which is we're right in the middle of a really good salmon run right now. Yeah, we're not allowed to catch salmon in California. That was that was one of the ways that the governor said he was going to save the planet was uh, to shut down the salmon fishing that would do it that would get rid of all the homeless people and it would take care of all of your problems in the state of california there'd be no more looting there'd be no more robbing there as long as we don't fish for salmon which is pretty amazing everything will be okay it's the greatest thing i've ever heard of is everything okay up there the same what this I don't want to get into it too much but what the state of washington has done to the fisheries around here is it's really sad. It's really sad. It's just such a tight restriction on the size, uh, the wild versus hatchery. We got really lucky, and they opened up uh, yesterday. They actually opened up for wild king and coho salmon, which is very lucky. 
because oh, usually yeah. you can only keep hatchery. In the hatchery ones, they're usually not nearly as big. And how, okay, I'm just your saltwater guide in Southern California, Cabo, Mexico. How do you know if it's a hatchery fish or not? So right behind, uh, there's a little fin right above the tail or right in front of the tail up the back of the fish. And if it's a hatchery fish, that fin will be clipped. There won't be a fin. If it's a wild fish, there'll be a little fin right there. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. By the Okay. I caught a big salmon once up in Ventura. And by the time we got the hook out of its mouth, it was not the season to catch them. We were rock fishing. By the time we got the hook out of its mouth and put it back, it was dead. They're very fragile fish. All the scales fall off when you're trying to touch it. So they're making you throw. So basically they make you examine the fish and then throw a dead fish back. Well, the, the way that it should be done is you want to run a net that is a, has a rubber coating on it. And that helps right. protect the scales. And it's pretty important to keep that fish in the water. Uh, How, can we see the fin? The How do we well, see the like, fin? How do you get to see the fin then? You know, that's a good question. Thank you. Uh, you that's... just bring it, bring it in as close. You try to examine it in the water, leave the troll on so water keeps flowing through the gills. And uh, you do you do the best that you can. Well, I just, I'm pretty good waterman. I spent a lot of time on the water. I'm having a rough time wrapping my head around how I'm going to save this poor little sand. What? Just another dumb. They see they fall. I'm sorry, gang, but they love to. Every other state loves to follow along with the stupid rules in California. And I guarantee you that one came out of California. You guys, that sounds way too stupid to be brought up by any other state than California. We, gang, before I get it more into what Avery's talking about, we are under attack. I did a um, podcast with CCA California on uh, Saturday morning that's going to come out in a couple weeks. I cannot emphasize enough the fact that we are under attack everywhere we look right now in the state of California. All they want to do, gang, is stop you from fishing. And they believe in their hearts that that's going to change everything. They believe if we quit going outside, quit getting a suntan, and quit smiling, then everything will be okay in California. It's the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. If you're not a part of CCA, gang, grab that QR code. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Oh, goodness sakes. Grab that QR code that I just put up there on the screen with uh, and make sure you become a member of CCA. CCA is super important. CCA California is the only voice we have at the table for all these closures. So please try to be informed, try to be a part of helping us and quit posting anywhere on any social media about how you don't believe this should be caught or that should be caught or any quit helping everyone close stuff gang it's just ridiculous you guys like i said on the, the podcast the, our biggest problem as recreational sport fishermen is we cannot agree on anything we will fight on social media in front of all the people that want to close everything we'll fight right in front of them and we are just shooting ourselves in the foot we have to come together and agree all right, I'm just, I had to go off on that and I apologize, Avery. But what happened though, 
because I thought you said you were going to go try to catch an albacore. What happened out there? So Saturday morning, we made the run out. Uh, we left Westport and we headed southwest about 40 miles until we hit blue water, uh, right where the water, uh, right where the water temperature changes is where we want to start trolling because the albacore will come in and out of the green in the blue water right on the tent break to feed up here. Right. So we started trolling right at the tent break and we ended up trolling about 30 miles further west offshore. We saw quite a few jumpers. We saw some fish, but people and us were just having a really hard time getting them to hit. I believe it's because of all the sharks that we're having. I think all the tuna were down, stuck down low and they didn't want to come up to the sharks. That we had a lot of blue sharks out there. And uh, the only guys that were having luck were the guys that stayed out there overnight. Crazy. Yeah, That's I lost some gear to some That's... sharks. And uh, it was just it was tough out there on Saturday. All right. So there's a lot of people now. We, we're got couple, we got almost 200 people watching this thing live. A lot of people looking like they're coming from Oregon or Washington. Let them know that you're available to come with them on explain to them what you're willing to do. So I'm willing to come out on your boat and help you fish, teach you how to use your fishing rod, show you what gear you should and shouldn't be using. I can show you where to look. And I'm just a guy that can come out and help you learn how to catch fish out on your boat. And wouldn't you love to catch one of these just like this? I know we got people that didn't see this picture. This was yesterday morning. He had limits of salmon yesterday morning. When he, they couldn't put together the day with the albacore, they fell back on salmon. All of us would just love to fall forward onto salmon. That's a <laughs> phenomenal fish. But, yeah, what a bitching day you put together for your for your friends on your boat. Great. It day. was a phenomenal day. And, you know, we've just gotten so good at salmon fishing. You know, it's always something to fall back on. It's always something that I know I can go catch fish. And Perfect. it's really pretty simple. You just have to follow the steps and – Follow the right follow, gear. Follow the plan. Gang, if you want to get a hold of Avery, he's going to throw up his uh, phone number here. And then next week when we have him on, because he's going fishing again, when we have him on next week, we'll have we'll have access to his uh, social media platforms. We just didn't have I didn't have time to download all that stuff today. So go ahead and let everybody know how they can get a hold of you so you can go back to making money and I can carry on with my rant about California. <laughs> uh, you can give me a call. At uh, 360-630-0064. Or you can look me up at Pacific Tide Fishing on Instagram. Thank you very much, Avery, for your time. You go there, go back there and go make some money. And I'll talk to you on Monday. Good luck fishing this weekend. See you hey, later, thanks. buddy. Thanks, Dave. All talk right. to you soon. All right, Avery. Thanks. All right, gang. You're a saltwater guy. That was cool. How cool is that to have access to fishing up there in Washington have a guide come with you on your boat. That's something that's missing up there. That's something I started down here in Southern California to take Avery with you on your boat and give you a fighting chance to not suck when you go out there, salmon fishing or albacore fishing. How cool would that be to actually be in the zone and know what you're doing and have a good chance of catching some fish. That sounds great. So back to what I was talking about a little bit earlier about CCA and about the closures. They're back after the bait again. They're back after our sardines, our anchovies. They don't want us fishing with live bait in the state of California. I know you can't believe every time we turn around, there's another closure coming. Every time we turn around, 
That's my father worked super hard for all of us so we could catch two bluefin. He worked very, very diligently to make sure we could catch two bluefin with a lot of the, a lot of the San Diego fleet. Could you imagine if that closure would have stayed into effect? Because if you, if you go and Google this or look online back in 2013, 2014, the take was zero bluefin. You weren't allowed one. You weren't allowed any. 0.0 was the take in Mexico and in America. You were allowed zero. They worked so hard and so long to change that. And they got it turned in to where you could catch two. Because it went from 10 to zero to two. And it happened like lightning fast. But they worked very, very diligently to open it up. If we didn't have... That bluefin fishery the last five years, San Diego would have pretty pretty much done out of biz. That saved the industry because pre-bluefin, pre-2015, it was dismal. It wasn't looking that good. One thing I've learned in my 48 years of fishing or my 62 years on the planet Earth here is that the state of California does not want you to have fun in any way, shape, or form. And if they catch you having fun, First, they're going to try to make it so it's so expensive that you can't afford to go. But then if you still can't afford to go, then they're going to close it. It's just absolutely amazing. Like I say on when I'm on the stage at the shows, they're going to tax us till we can't afford to go. Or if we still can afford to go, then they'll just close it. And they've done it so many times in California. So please become a part of CCA. It's just our only voice at the table. So we're going to get off of that subject here. Just grab that QR code, let them have, go give them a donation. Anything helps. You know what it takes to try to fight this baloney going on in Sacramento? It, and unfortunately, it costs money. That's the bottom line. But gang, we're going to talk real in depth here now about your private boaters launching your boat. I have a video on my website. Most people never even look at it about launching your boat. San Diego, Mission Bay, Newport, Huntington Harbor, San Pedro, all suck. They suck because the launch ramps are so far away from the ocean. They suck because the availability to get to the launch ramp from the freeway is not easy access in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's not a fun thing. Listen, if you're coming out of Encinitas and you have a trailerable boat, or you're coming out of L.A. and you have a trailerable boat, or you're coming out of uh, Riverside and you have a trailerable boat, the only place you should ever go is Dana Point Arbor. There's no reason to go to these other harbors. Here's the deal. At Dana Point Harbor, if you're on your launchable private boat, you cannot get from the launch ramp to the ocean without going by the bait barge. It's impossible. You just, you cannot do it. I don't care who you are. You have to go by the, the bait barge when you leave the launch ramp. That's number one. Number two best part about it is from the launch ramp to the ocean without stopping at the bait barge, you are in the ocean if you do the five knots suggested speed in the harbor or, rec or the law or whatever you want to call it. 
but it's actually less than five if your boat makes a wake. It's all about the wake. You're in the ocean in three minutes. Yep. And guess what? The off-ramp off the five freeway ends at Dana Point Harbor Drive. It's four or that off-ramps two gigantic lanes coming down to a to a uh, to turn into the harbor, two gigantic lanes, no hairpin turns, nothing hard, nothing. And then you get to a gigantic launch ramp. Huge launch ramp. If you're coming out of, I know, oh, I, I only like to fish out of San Diego. Why? Because you like to get the ever-loving bejesus beat out of you? Have you not paid attention to the fish the last few years? The fish have been between Catalina, Clemente, off of Clemente, or between Catalina and the beach. You're, you're always going to head up that way for the next few months anyway. That's the way that the fish are moving. If you go out of San Diego Harbor, San Diego Harbor, let's say you launch Shelter Island. Okay? You by the time you get the by the time you get from the five freeway, weaving and waving down Nimitz and all that, or however you get Rosecrans, however you get there, by the time you get to the launch ramp, you would have already been in Dana Point. You would have, from wherever you are. Once you get off the freeway and you wiggle around San Diego with your boat on the trailer, driving city streets, I don't think that's fun, but that's just me. By the time you get to the launch ramp, you could have been at Dana Point in your vehicle and you'd been launched. And in three minutes, you would have been out of the harbor. But now you've decided that, oh, I just like to fish out of San Diego. Now you launch your boat at Shelter Island. You pull it up there to the parking lot. You've got to move all the people that don't have a house or a place to live in the tents. And you got to pull your car up there and then you got to walk down the ramp and then go get in your boat and drive away and leave your car and your trailer there with all the people that don't have a place to live. That's Shelter Island. Okay. Then you're in the water now and you're on your way out of the harbor. You got about six, seven minute ride just to the bait barge. Then you're going to sit at that bait barge and you're finally going to get your bait on the boat. Now you got to drive out of San Diego Harbor. I know you can go as fast as you can. I know that, but you're still going to be from the lawn tramp to the ocean, 20, 25 minutes. If you go down the coast, when the wind starts to blow in the afternoon, you got to turn around and drive straight into it. And just beat the crap out of yourself. This is where it really gets gnarly. Then you put your boat on the trailer at Shelter Island. You look, some of those people that don't have a home have gone through your car and they've gotten what they needed because that's how it is. They're allowed to have whatever they need. You, you suck as a, as a human with a boat. You sh no one deserves a boat. So those people without the house, they get to have whatever they want out of your car and it's okay because you can't get mad at them. Now you got to drive your boat after you fished all day and got the crap beat out, you got to weave in and out of the city streets of San Diego through all that traffic, then get on the five freeway and head on home. Same scenario. You drove up to Dana Point. It took you 45 more minutes to get up there, but you didn't have to drive down any city streets. You launched your boat. You're on your way out of the harbor. You make a, you make a slight right-hand turn, and you're on the way to Catalina. 
have a phenomenal day fishing at Catalina, even go on the island and have lunch, get an ice, get an ice cream for the kids on the ride home, whatever it may be. You can't do that at the Coronados. You're at Catalina, had a phenomenal day of fishing. Now it's time to go home. The ride from Catalina back to Dana Point is downhill, 32 miles, straight downhill. The wind's blowing out of the northwest like it does every day. You didn't get the crap beat out of you. You come back into the harbor. You put your boat on the trailer. You're on the five freeway in five minutes going home. Okay? If that doesn't work, if you still don't understand that San Diego sucks compared to Dana Point, I'll help you out more. You can call me at 949-374-0786. There's never a time where you're going to convince me that spending 30, 40 minutes just driving out of the harbor is better than three minutes. I like fishing time when I go fishing. I want time on water. Let's play the same tape. Let's launch out of Newport Harbor. Okay? So in Newport Harbor, first of all, you have to get off the 5, get on the 55, or get on the, I don't know where you're coming from. You're coming from up north. You're coming down the 405. You're coming from the south. You're coming up the 5, and then you get on the 55. Then you drive down. Then you're going to drive down city streets. Are you going to drive down Jamboree, which is a city street, but it's a big city street. But then you're going to go to the launch ramp called Back Bay. And that is so far back in Newport Harbor that once you get there, which takes about 20 minutes from the freeway, and then you launch your boat at that launch ramp. Now you get to start your cruise out of Newport Harbor at five knots or less, depending on how much of a wake your boat makes. And they're usually having 15 or 20 sailboat races at the same time. It's very, very busy. You're going to weasel your way through that whole thing. And then you're going to come to the bait barge. You're going to get some bait. And now you're out in the ocean. So now it's already taken us two hours to get to the ocean from wherever you lived. Yep. Newport sucks. Let's go to Huntington Harbor. Let's go to Long Beach Harbor. Let's go there. Okay. You got to go down the 710 freeway. You got to go all the way to the end of the 710 freeway. That dumps you off into downtown Long Beach. Now you got to weasel your way over to the Queen Mary. There's a big plethora of all kinds of streets and signs and all kinds of confusion. Then you're going to pull into that parking lot at the Queen Mary. And oh my goodness, there's a whole bunch of people there that don't have a house. I don't want to use that word because that might give me ban, but they don't have anywhere. So they're hanging out at the park there where you're going to launch your boat by the Queen Mary. Okay. It took you probably 25, 30 minutes just to get from the freeway down to that launch ramp. Then you're going to launch your boat there and you're going to leave your car with all your stuff in it right there where all those beautiful humans are. And there's my baby. There's my little grandbaby. Woo! Guest celebrity appearance. <laughs> yep. And then you're going to drive out to the bait barge where the guy that works at the bait barge that sells bait for a living hates selling bait. And then you're, boom, you're released out into a beautiful L.A. Harbor 
Long Beach Harbor. Now you're on your way out of the break wall, and it's usually the waves are coming out of the northwest. You're headed over to Catalina. You get the ever-loving bejesus beat out of you. Then the afternoon, you really get your butt kicked, and you get really beat to hell, and you just get the crap kicked out of you, just like coming back to San Diego from down south. Then you get to put your boat on that trailer and look around at your car and see all the stuff that those people that don't have homes needed. And it's okay because California says it's okay to let them have your stuff. And then you get to get in your car and then you get to drive through the most craziest traffic you've ever seen in your life because everybody got off or everybody's cruising at five, six o'clock in the afternoon when you need to get your boat on lunch. And then you get home. It takes a couple hours. But if you went to Dana Point, you'd already been home having dinner, relaxing on the couch. Great, big, giant, beautiful parking lot, law enforcement, clean, bitching. Dana Point is by far the only harbor that a private boater should launch out of, gang. It does. I don't care. You're not going to convince me. Those of you that have your boat in the water at different harbors, you're screwed. We're not talking to you. I'm talking to the people that have the ability to launch their boat. Dana Point, there's nothing better. Listen, if you're going to go to Catalina out of Dana Point, First, you're going to go over a bank called the 267, Marlin Heaven. That's where the Marlin love to hang out, and the Bluefin and the Dorado and everybody are hanging out there. Then you're going to go by the inside edge of the 14-mile bank, world famous. Everyone's heard of it. And then you're going to go across the Avalon Bank, or maybe if you're going to go out by Clemente, you're going to go over to the 277. But you're going to go by those three banks coming out of Dana Point Harbor. You can't help it. You have to. You got so many opportunities coming out of Dana Point. And we have that phenomenal bait service, the Everham Brothers. And the bait barge is way deep into, inside the two break walls so that it doesn't get all that disturbance and all that pressure like the Newport bait barge does. Paul and the guys at, uh, at San Pedro Bait supply the Newport bait barge. But they would love to put it back a little bit farther in the harbor, but the city won't let them. The same people that make the airliners shut their motors off when they're taking off over their houses in Newport. Make sure that they keep that bait barge right out there at the entrance so that it... Okay, oh, that's great. Oceanside Harbor, Ace, that's great. Thank you. This is going to be fun. You're going to love this. Okay, here's the problem at Oceanside Harbor. Oceanside Harbor, if there's any type of swell at all, the entrance breaks all the way across. For me, that's terrifying. I'm not from Central or Northern California, so I don't have the bar and all that. We're Southern California boy, so we don't have the bar. We don't have to deal with all that. Oceanside, that throws that whole new thing into it. But the number one problem with Oceanside is the bait barge there. They're open like five in the morning to six 30 in the morning and that's it. And then they're not open anymore. So it's really hard. You can't leave late at night because you can't get bait. You can't leave in the afternoon because you can't get bait. It's just so hard to do that. So therefore Oceanside is not a good Harbor fighting the wave and going out is cool. When you're going out straight into these giant waves and they're, they're breaking, but you can see them. It's when you're coming back into the harbor. Where are you guys going? We're going on a little venture. Oh, my gosh. We'll, we'll see you later. See you later. When you guys get back, we'll go have lunch.
All right, cool. You guys are going to have lunch? Can, can you get me something to eat? Yes. <laughs> yeah, anything. Sorry, folks. I'm in the middle of a podcast. Yeah, get me some food. You know I like to eat. So Oceanside Harbor is kind of scary, Ace, because when you're coming home late in the afternoon, let's just say you got into a good bite between Catalina and Oceanside. And you got a bunch of fish. And by the time you got done, now it's starting to get dark. You remembered when you were leaving in the morning that it was breaking across the entrance. Now it's dark and you can't see. Now it's dark and you can't see. I'm like, I'm going to surf your boat through this. I, if I had a choice, I know the guys that are locked into Oceanside, great group of people, Ken's Custom Reels, the tackle store there. I love Kenny. I love every member of the Oceanside Angling Club. That's a class act. But no, if I have a trailer of a boat, last place on the planet Earth, I'm taking it. There, If you're going to think about Oceanside, Dana Point, it's not that far. 20 more minutes up the road. Beautiful bait barge. Beautiful bait. Phenomenal access to Catalina, to all the good things about fishing. All the great things. It's a phenomenal opportunity. Gang, and I'm not just saying Dana Point Harbor because it's named after my father. I don't get any money from the launch ramp. I don't get a dime from them. All I try to do is explain to you how important it is to listen to what I have to say. You do not have to have all these horrible experiences that I have already had for all of you. I'm trying to teach you why Dana Point is the greatest harbor to launch your boat out of. Accessibility, access to the bait barge, all those things matter and all those things are going to help you out tremendously. You need to pay attention to all those things because your time is so valuable. So we hit Newport. We hit Long Beach. Let's, okay, you like to launch out of Cabrillo. Okay. What What a phenomenal place to try to get to. Down the end of the uh, 110 freeway and then dumps you out into beautiful... San Pedro, California, and then you got to weave your way through that down to 22nd Street Landing and around 22nd Street Landing, and then out to the Cabrillo Beach launch ramp. Yeah, no thank you. Already at Dana Point, already left the harbor, already found a kelp paddy, catching Dorado on it, and you're still on your you're still on the the 110 freeway trying to get down to the launch ramp. No thank you. Sure. Absolutely, Ace. And if there's no swell, you're absolutely right. Oceanside's a great place if there's no swell and you don't fish with bait. Those are phenomenal. Yes, you're absolutely right. Gang, there is no scenario that you and your trailer of a boat are going to convince me from L.A. to San Diego that's better for you than Dana Point Harbor. They're just not. It's just not going to happen. The launch ramp's giant. It was there was a parking issue when they were getting ready to build the parking structure, and they laced off some of the. But it's open again. It's all open again because that isn't happening. There's no downside to launching at Dana Point. There isn't. Accessibility from the freeways phenomenal. I don't know about you guys, but me when I'm dragging a boat around behind me, I'm not really into. Watching all the booger eaters drive their cars that have never driven a car before and slamming on their brakes in front of you or trying to get around you or 
the minute they see you're dragging a boat, they want to do some phenomenal maneuvers and try to get on YouTube. So that's a thing that I don't enjoy. And that's why Dana Point is so bitching because you get off the freeway on the five and it dumps you right at the launch ramp. I know, same thing in Oceanside, except the downfalls of the giant swell and the bait, which are giant swell scares the hell out of me. And the bait, that's my number one pet peeve. I got to have as much live bait as I possibly can if I'm going to go fishing with you. So all that stuff matters, gang. We can throw out a map about the harbor and how easy it is. Dana Point's not closed, Waylo, at all. Nope. I don't know where you got that information. But it's not closed. I know you're trying to keep people from coming there. <laughs> but it's the best harbor. Don't worry. I give out phenomenal information and only like one point or less than one tenth of one percent of the people actually listen to me. Donna, yep, that's my sister. All right. So. Now we all know we're launching out of Dana Point. We all know a big show coming this Friday. Unbelievable. Read the fishmonger. The guy is insane. He is so phenomenal with the knife and explaining the fish and where they came from and the origin and how important it is to, to make sure we're buying U.S. caught fish. Because the practices that are going on in foreign countries, that garbage that we buy, we sh it's criminal. And then to complain about the commercial fisheries or they're wiping it. You go to the store and you buy fish. We all love fish. We love to eat fish. We love to buy fish. We love fish. But then you complain about the commercial fishermen in the United States. You'd rather buy your fish from a foreign country with zero reg regulations. You don't even know what kind of garbage you're eating and you have no problem with that. So listen in to f the fishmonger. Yeah. That swordfish Fluid was incredible, the spinal fluid. That was the way Tommy Gomes makes it up. Make sure you visit Tommy Gomes down there at Tunaville Market and Grocery. It's a, He's got some phenomenal products. And try not to miss this show on uh, what are the three banks you come across, George? The very first bank you're going to come across is the 267. Then you're going to go across the another bank called the 14-mile bank. Then you're going to go across either the Avalon Bank or you're going to go across the 277, depending on which way you're going to go. And those, that's just on the way to Catalina. That's just, that's just right there. And if you historically have looked at the last few years, the fish have all been biting in front of Dana Point Harbor. So that's even another reason why is there such a giant push to run your trailerable boat out of San Diego? I'll never understand that. It doesn't make any sense to me. And when the fish are really biting, there are so many boats in San Diego Harbor. You can spend an hour and a half, two hours in line. You can do the same thing in Dana Point, but it didn't take you an hour to get there. And you don't have another hour to get out of the harbor after you get your bait. Where you do up in San Diego or out of San Diego or down in San Pedro, Long Beach area. There's just no convincing me, no matter how hard you try. There's no harbor better on the coast for the private boaters and for launching your boat. So don't forget, gang, tune in with us on Friday. Tomorrow is uh, text the show. No, it isn't. Tomorrow we have a phenomenal show. Justin and uh, Pablo are, and Sonny are all supposed to be at the dock. They're all out fishing today. 
So they're supposed to be at the dock. We'll see if they can come on the show and talk to us about what they saw this weekend. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get the secret out, Max. Sorry. So make sure you tune in. Tomorrow's going to be a great show. We'll have some guests like we had Avery hopefully today if if those guys get to the dock. And then Avery's going to try to be with us every Monday from when if he's not running a boat he's not out fishing every Monday he'll try to be with us but I want to thank everybody for everything and for all the views and all the watching of the show and everything that you all do for me and Kelly and our animals don't forget to sprinkle some stars across the video on Facebook don't forget to hit the uh, like button and subscribe over here on YouTube everything matters I appreciate everything everybody does for us and don't forget to stop into Opsin. You want to win that free spool of line next week. I know you do. Stephen Borough won the free spool of line this week. You got a really good chance. All you got to do is go over to Opsin USA or grab that QR code and grab jump in there. You're going to get your uh, floral carbon sent directly to you. And you're going to get a big discount from your saltwater guide. Make sure you put in the code. Make sure you visit the website. Visiting it through this QR code enters you in to win the free spool of line and you can pick out whatever pound test you want and if i read your name off next week i'm going to need you to text it to me and steven already texted me so now i know where he's at and he wants 30 pound floral so that's what he's going to get thank everybody over at opsin for the phenomenal product and uh, for being a part of the show and everybody else thank you all for watching i hope you had a good time today i hope you learned something about dana point and uh Remember, they want to show, close down everything. So stop arguing with each other on social media. If you don't agree with something, just shut up. You don't have to argue about it because the people that are trying to close stuff, they want to close fishing. Don't help them. Stop arguing. Gang, if you don't agree, don't agree. That's okay. But you don't need to try to get more stuff closed because you don't agree. See ya.